Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands 103. Just great radio. Good morning and a very warm welcome to Heartlands here at Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And folks, as we continue our journey into the new year, I hope and pray that this finds you well. Our lectionary psalm for today is Psalm 139, and Charlize shall read that to us in a few moments. Then we will also be looking at Matthew 8, which is the next chapter, the chapter for today, on our journey through reading the New Testament over the next 260 days. And I hope that you have decided to join with me in that adventure. Before Christmas, I had the opportunity of being part of the Bikeathon where the Burr churches together went and had a fundraising event on behalf of local charities. And whilst cycling a bicycle, and I know that might come as a big surprise to you all, knowing the size of me, whilst cycling a bicycle, I was having a conversation with another individual, and he was asking me how come that I wasn't playing as many old hymns on Heartlands as I had done before. And so today we shall be resorting to some of the old hymns, and also just to let you know that there are a number of events which I will share with you coming up regarding the prayer for Christian Unity Week. So, with all of that being said, let's begin with listening to Psalm 139, read to us by Charlize. We're reading from Psalms 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn... If I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God, how vast is, is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and arbor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Taste me and know my anxious thoughts. 
See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. The hymn, Search Me, O God, is obviously based on the last couple of verses from Psalm 139. But the story behind it is this. The author of the hymn is Dr. J. Edwin Orr, and he was born in Belfast. So it's written by an Irishman. He was on a trip. He was on a campaign, a preaching campaign in New Zealand. And when he was leaving, a group of girls went and sang this Maori song of farewell. And the tune really caught his attention. And so he went and found an envelope and wrote on the back of it the very words that we have just been listening to. As a result, he then went on to use the hymn in various different places where he had campaigns around the world, especially in the English-speaking part of the world. And people fell in love with the hymn and from there it has become an all-time favourite. A hymn where we ask God to search our hearts and to see if there be any wicked way in us. As we embark on 2024, maybe a good place for us to start is by searching our hearts. Asking God to search our hearts. When it comes to New Year's resolutions, the New Year's resolution that I went and made, so to speak, is I decided I was going to pray a dangerous prayer. And that prayer was taken from John 15. It goes and says that God is the gardener and that Jesus is the vine and that we are the branches engrafted into that vine. But it says the branches that bear no fruit, God cuts them off. The, the Father cuts off the branches. But the branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it will bear even more fruit. My prayer is that my life is fruitful. But my prayer for 2024 is that the Lord would prune me so that I would be more fruitful, that I would yield myself to God, to allow God to do his work in my life. Is that a challenge or a prayer that you would like to go and pray? Just think about that. Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands 103. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And next up, I am going to share two hymns by William Cowper. And the reason I'm sharing this is I was having a conversation with some people during the week about the topic of depression. And William Cowper was someone who suffered greatly from depression for nearly 27 years. And John Newton, the author and writer of the hymn Amazing Grace, and William Cowper were great friends. And John Newton used to go and sit with William nearly every day and just spend time with him, the two of them together. William Cowper wrote a number of hymns, and they are powerful hymns, going and focusing God, even though he went through such difficulty and darkness of soul. Also, I was encouraging everyone to go and embark this year on reading the New Testament from Matthew right through to the end of Revelation, which is 260 chapters, reading one chapter a day. And today, being one week into it, our chapter is actually Matthew chapter 8. So if you only want to take on this challenge, we're now beginning at Matthew chapter 8 
as we continue our journey for the next 252 days. And Suchi will be reading to us from Matthew chapter 8. Matthew 8, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, he was cleansed of his leprosy. Then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at, at the feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her, and she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we are going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. When Jesus arrived at the other side in the region of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. 
Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, If you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. He said to them, Go. So they came out and went into the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off, went into the town and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands 103. Just great radio. Welcome back to Heartlands here on Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And we have looked at our passage of scripture for today, which is Matthew chapter 8. We have listened to the lectionary psalm for today, which is Psalm 139. And we will look into that in a little bit more detail in a while. But also in this coming week, one of the things that is coming up is the Prayer for Christian Unity Week, beginning later. This week, a number of events will be taking place, which I will outline in a while. But the theme for the Prayer for Christian Unity Week is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and to love your neighbour as yourself. Now, the point is that we can only truly love our neighbour as a result of knowing the love of God for us and what God has done for us. And as we contemplate and consider and get to know the love that God has for us, and indeed that is Paul's prayer in Ephesians in chapter 3, that we may know the love of Christ, how long, how high, how wide, how deep is the love of Christ for us. That's his prayer. That we can truly love our neighbour as ourselves because the truth is that the motivation of all of our hearts is one of selfishness. However, when we go and consider the theme to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and to love your neighbour as yourself, it goes and reminds me of the prayers that Jesus went and prayed in John and chapter 17, that here he is facing the crucifixion, facing death, and yet, during that time, he is interceding on behalf of his disciples that were around him at the time, but then also for the disciples that were to come, i.e. you and me. And so what I have done is I have taken John 17 and I've written them out of prayers of intercession based upon the chapter, literally lifting the scripture from the page. And so in this time, I thought, seeing as this is the theme that is up and coming, that we would indeed pray for unity amongst us. And here are the prayers that I've taken or written up as a result from John and chapter 17. So won't you pray with me? Father in heaven, Father in heaven, reveal yourself through your Holy Spirit to those whom you have given your Son Jesus our Lord out of this world. For we are yours and you have given us to him. Enable us to obey your word and to live to your glory in this world, for the sake of your servant Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Father in heaven, protect your people by the power of your name, the name you have given the Lord Jesus, so that we may be one as you, Father, and the Lord Jesus are one. 
for the sake of your servant Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you that through the Lord Jesus Christ you have given us your word. As a result, the world hates us just as they hated your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. As we, like him, are not of this world, Father, we pray that you do not remove us from this world, but protect us from the evil one. Sanctify us by the truth, for your word is truth. And you sent us out into the world, just as you sent the Lord Jesus out into the world. To your glory, Father, for the sake of your servant Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Father in heaven, just as the Lord Jesus is in you, and you, Father, are in him, may we, your people, be one. May we also be in you, both Father and Son, so that the world may believe, Father, that you sent the Lord Jesus. Father, we ask this to your glory and for the sake of your servant Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you that the Lord Jesus has given us the glory you have given him, that we may be one as you and the Lord Jesus are one, that the Lord Jesus is in us and that you are in him. Father in heaven, may we be brought into complete unity so that the world will know that you sent the Lord Jesus Christ and that you, Father, have loved us even as you have loved your Son Jesus. To your glory and for the sake of your servant Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Father in heaven, righteous Father, thank you that the Lord Jesus has made you known to us and continues to make you known to us in order that the love you have for the Lord Jesus Christ may be in us and that he, the Lord Jesus Christ, indeed may be in us. All for and to your glory, Father, and for the sake of your servant Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. And won't you join me in the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples? We pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. So now for the events taking place in regard to the Christian Unity Week. Tonight at 7pm in the Methodist Church in Tullamore, we're having a refresh Christian Unity service. And so we would love to see you come along with refreshments afterwards if you're available to join us there. And that's tonight in Tullamore at 7pm. Service to mark the beginning of the week of prayer for Christian unity at St. Mary's Church of Ireland in Shinron is taking place at 7.30pm on Thursday the 18th of January. So that's the service to mark the beginning of the week of prayer for Christian unity at St. Mary's Church of Ireland, Shinron. And the time of that is 7.30pm on Thursday the 18th of January. The Ecumenical Service of Prayer for Christian Unity is also taking place on Thursday the 18th at 7.30pm in St. Mary's Church of Ireland in Athlone. So that's the Ecumenical Service of Prayer for Christian Unity on the Thursday the 18th at 7.30pm in St. Mary's Church of Ireland 
in Athlone. And then finally, the last one that I'm aware of, but I'm sure there are many more taking place around, is Borough Churches Together Christian Unity Week service will be taking place on Friday the 19th of January in St. Brendan's Church of Ireland, Oxmantown, Mal, at 7.30pm, and all are welcome. So that's in Burr, and the Burr Churches Together are holding the Christian Unity Week service Friday the 19th of January in St. Brendan's Church of Ireland in Oxmantown Mall at 7.30pm, and all are welcome. So we'd love to see you along and join with us as we pray that as Christians we will have unity one with another. One of the exciting things to me that unifies us irrespective of the different traditions or expressions of faith that we have, is that we all use the Bible, God's Word. And the exciting thing about the Bible is this, that as we read it, God goes and says in the book of Isaiah that just as the rains fall from the heavens and replenish the earth before they return, so my word will not return to me void. So even in us listening to the Word, hearing the Word of God, it is having an impact upon our lives and indeed that is an impact for the better should our ears be open and our hearts be open to receive his word and in that very thing alone we are indeed all unified in our belief that through the sacred pages of the scripture which we call the bible each of us will find salvation will find hope will find peace will find joy through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, they are the events for your diary. Shinron, 7.30pm on Thursday the 18th. Athlone is also on Thursday at 7.30pm on the 18th, both being in the Church of Ireland. And Burr is taking place on Friday the 19th in St. Brendan's Church of Ireland at 7.30pm. And tonight, if you're free, in Tullamore, come join us in the Methodist Church for our service at 7pm. And as I said, the theme is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and to love your neighbour as yourself. If you want to find out what more of that means, why not join us at some of those events. See you there. Heartlands on Midlands 103. Midlands Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. So finally, folks, I want to just, in this section, delve back into Psalm 139. And indeed, we have looked at it before. But in the context of Christmas just being passed, Epiphany just being passed, and the celebration of the fact that God was incarnate and came and dwelt among us as a baby and then obviously as a man, And the fact that his name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. The exploration of that, the understanding of that, the joy of that is expounded here in Psalm 139. Especially as we go and read the verses from verse 7 onward. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. 
If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. And so we look at a passage of scripture where we discover that no matter where we go, no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in, no matter where we are geographically, there is one thing that we can be sure of, that God is with us, Emmanuel, and that he will never leave us nor forsake us. And this is a wonderful thing, a wonderful comfort to us, as we consider who God is, and I have considered who God is in the last few weeks, that God is the God of hope. And as Paul goes and says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Does it not inspire you? Does it not encourage you? Does it not enrich your life knowing that no matter where you are, and no matter what you are going through, God is with you. But there's even more than that, than that the fact that God is with you. God is the one who created you. And it goes on to say in the psalm, the following, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body, and all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand, when I awake, I am still with you. Note the, the change there in what the psalmist goes and says. It isn't about that God is with us. It is that I am still with you, that we are still with God. But the point is this, that God is the one who has made you who you are. God has made you unique. Just like every snowflake is unique, so every human being is unique. You are not a carbon copy. There is no second you knocking around. You are unique. And God is the one who has allowed you, fashioned you, created you to be who you are. The thing is, though, that obviously, as is the case in this, and that's why the psalmist goes and says, search me, O God, and see if there be any wicked way in me, is that, we as human beings have fallen from the person that God intended us to be. And we have allowed sin and we have allowed our own prejudices and we have allowed our own judgments and we have allowed our own desires and our own selfishness get in way of who it is that God actually intended us to be. And that's why there is that exhortation to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and to love your neighbour as yourself. Because both of those things go contrary to our sinful nature. Both of those things go contrary to what we want to be. Because we would like to be people who just go and say, I just want to do my own thing and do it all the time. I don't need to go and be subject to anybody. You know, nobody go and rule over me. Well, that's not quite true. 
And the thing is that you have a choice of who's going to rule over you. Scripture clearly goes and says that we can allow sin to reign over us or we can let Christ rule over us. And I can promise you this, hand on heart, so much better to let Christ be the one who rules in your heart. And that is why the psalmist here is going and making this exploration. And then there's a really nasty verse where he goes and says in verse 19, If only you would slay the wicked, O God, away from me, you bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Now think about this. I am sure that there are times that you have gone and said, why is it that God goes and allows this wicked stuff to happen in this world? Why does God allow the evil to take place? Why does God allow all people go and do the terrible things that people are doing to each other? In fact, you can switch on the news and I'm sure that's exactly the question is, where is God? Why won't God intervene? And here the psalmist is actually saying the same thing. If only you would slay the wicked, O God, Away from me, you bloodthirsty men. There's only one problem with that. If God were to do that, then he would wipe out everybody off the planet. Because every one of us doesn't go and desire good and upright things. No, in fact, the inclinations of all of our hearts is wickedness until Christ goes and transforms that. Don't believe me? Dig into it. Even the psychologists in this world will go and tell you that our inclinations are towards evil, our inclinations are towards selfishness, our inclinations are towards us going and ensuring that we have put our best selves forward, that we are the ones who will go and do anything to ensure that nothing happens to you and that our motivations are that of selfishness. Yes, the psychologist, even those who do not believe in God, actually verify and confirm what God goes and says about us. And so, folks, that leaves me with the question that we need to ask ourselves. What is it that you desire to be? Do you be desire to be someone who lets the to let Christ rule over your heart? Or are you someone and you don't care really at all? And the thing is that you're quite happy to just have a sinful heart and let sin rule your life. So, let me leave that with, with you. Who's ruling your life today? Or are you able to rejoice in who God is, that he is Emmanuel, God with you, that he is the one who is the creator, the one who has fashioned you, the one, as Ephesians 2.10 goes and says, that you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he has prepared in advance for you to do. person whose life is full of purpose and meaning because of God. Who is it that you are today? Let's just leave it there. So, until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, show your grace and turn his face towards you, and give you peace. Amen. Heartlands on Midlands 103.